0: All right, we'll take your Bibles tonight, and um, we are not going to be in Hebrews, okay? Um, Of course, we've started a series through the book of Hebrews, and uh, my dad is uh, starting that series, going through the first few chapters, and so um, I don't think he's got through chapter one yet, has he? (laughs) He's, He's barely through verse one, that's right, yeah. And uh, see, I just come by it naturally, okay? That's just... <laughs> but um, yeah, so, um, so he's going through the book of Hebrews, but of course tonight he is um, preaching a missions conference over in Indiana, and uh, so I'm glad they were able to do that. So he asked me to uh, preach tonight, and uh, so we're going to be in the book of Acts this evening. The book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. And um, it's always, you know, it always is a little bit weird when you're kind of stepping in in the middle of a series of somebody that, you know, they're already preaching and stuff. And so, um, but I, as I was just thinking about what to be able to share tonight, this, this thought just came to my mind and, um, you know, thinking about our church and uh, just how, how God is blessed and just what God is doing through our church and, um, you know, we can, we can begin to focus on, the material things. We can focus on the building, we thank God for the building. We can focus on the growth, and we thank God for the people that are being saved, and uh, we thank God for the, the growth of the church. Uh, but if we're not careful, we can focus on those things and not what's really the important things, right? Uh, again, seeing people saved is important, and being able to see the church grow and uh, be able to have a building is very important, but um, I really truly believe my desire, and I hope our church's desire, is not just to uh, be a church that has a nice building and that has many people, but to truly be an empowered church, uh, a church that is empowered by God uh, to be able to do what He would have for us. And so in Acts chapter 2, and this is very uh, probably a very familiar passage tonight, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what, last, last week I uh, was teaching the teenagers, and when I was teaching the teen boys, I went through a passage, and I read through the passage, and I asked them to tell me some things that they saw in that passage, okay? Um, so tonight, I'm going to do the same thing. So you're just, you're just a bunch of teenagers here tonight, right? And uh, so we're going to read through the passage, I'm going to give you the... The idea of what we're looking at, and then I want you to tell me what you see in this passage, right? Not, not what the passage means to you, but what do you see in this passage about this topic, right? So we're going to begin reading in verse number one. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together, were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. And now hear we every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born." Parthians and Medes, Elamites, the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, put up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, sing it but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So I want you to think about this. Where I, I, I want us to think about a, a church that is empowered, right? Um, if, if we want to be a church that, that God uses. And I believe as we see the church of Jerusalem, this is the, the first church, this is the early church here, in the beginning of that church, and obviously God did some amazing things with this church, right? I mean, really, on this day, as, as Peter gets up to preach in just a, a few verses, the Bible tells us that there were 3,000 people that got saved in one day. That's, that's pretty amazing. And then just a couple chapters later, Peter and John, they're at the temple, uh, they heal a man, and many people come around, and they start preaching, and another 5,000 people get saved. That's, that's pretty amazing, right? Um, and, and so if we want to, to be a church that is empowered by God, to be able to fulfill God's purpose, I, I think there are some things that we find here in this passage that are things that we, we need to remember as a church and focus on as a church, Okay. So as we read through this, or and as you're still continuing to th- try to think of, of some things in this passage, what what is it that stands out to you in this passage that says, this is this is something that I notice about these this in this chapter and the, these verses that we read, this is what caused, there's something here that caused this church to be empowered. They were empowered in a in a way because of something that we find here in this passage. Right? Well, what did you find? Somebody tell me, what do you think, right, Miss Bev? Ah, they were all in one accord. They had unity. Very good, right? In one accord, in unity. That's not a Honda, okay? Just being in one accord does not mean a Honda, okay? It's, it's in unity, right? Okay. Ms. Donna? Uh, they were listening. They were listening, yes. okay? Um, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, to what was being taught, even though it was in different tongues or different languages. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah, people are listening to the Word of God, right? Okay, what else do you notice about this? Right, Miss Anita? Willingness to share, Willingness to share right? Willingness to talk with others, yeah, okay. Who else? Rachel? see the Lord giving them the power, power and the ability to uh, to preach the gospel to these people that came uh, from different nations and things, right? Good. Somebody else. What else do you see? Anything else? By the way, this is this is how you study the Bible, right? Right? Yes ma'am. Miss Don? In light of this miraculous thing happening and it being, you know, everyone being they Ah that's interesting right as the gospel is going out what do you find there are people mocking right there are people saying oh these these are drunkards right these people are drunk don't listen to what they're saying there's there's opposition to the church right very good all right somebody else Right, there were, yeah, there were Jews that were there from, uh, from all, you know, from many, many different nations. In fact, if you read, um, if you read verses uh, 9 and 10, it ba- 9, 10, 11, it basically tells you where all these Jews came from, right? Okay, Brother Rob? Yeah, this was a fulfillment of prophecy. The Word of God is being fulfilled through this time, okay? Anybody see anything else? Brother Jeff? Yeah, that's true, yeah. They didn't, they didn't just think these were just random guys. They knew these were Galileans. They, there was something distinctive about them, maybe either in their speech or whatever, that they, they knew these were from Galilee, right? Good. Somebody else? Somebody else? I can't give you two. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, go ahead. Well, in verse 12, it says they were all amazed and were in doubt. Huh?
1: Right. so you know both sides of the coin.
0: yeah sure yeah there was amazement that was there but there was also those that were doubting right that's true yeah very good yeah Aaron Yeah, so Peter stands up and he is, uh, you know, he takes this opportunity as the the, the mockers have started mocking, right? Then he takes, instead of just, all right, yeah, everybody's making fun of us, let's just kind of step back here a little bit. He actually takes the opportunity to stand up. And, and uses that as an opportunity to preach the gospel, right? Those are great, very good. Um, so I want us to I want us to look at a few things here. Um, obviously, I have my own, but I wanted to see what you had, and many of them you you gave in this. So that's that's very good. Um, I, I do want to say I think this is one of the most misunderstood passages of Scripture in regards to the Holy Spirit, right? Um, a lot of times people go to this passage of Scripture. Um, and totally miss what the whole passage is about and they they focus and emphasize one thing and one thing only what's the thing that most people emphasize and focus on in this passage speaking in tongues right that's that's the emphasis and that's not the emphasis of this passage right that's some that was a tool that God used but that's not the emphasis of this passage right so if we look through here I, I truly believe and I think somebody said this the key to an empowered church is the filling of the Holy Spirit of God, right? We cannot be a church that is empowered by God without the filling of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, that, I mean, that is, that is absolute number one, right? I mean, there, there can, you can have a building and you can have people and you can have, you know, all of those things without the filling of the Holy Spirit of God, right? There are churches all over America and all over the world today that have people and they have buildings. They do not have the filling of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and many of the churches, are, they, don't even, they don't believe the gospel, okay? Um, and so it must be the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God in, in His filling. So let's, let's think about that as we go through this because obviously... Here is is the time when we know the Holy Spirit of God is beginning to indwell the believers. But when we think about the filling of the Holy Spirit of God, there's several things that I want us to, to notice here about that tonight. And number one is the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is for every believer, right? The filling of the Holy Spirit of God is for every believer, okay? Now, we understand that every believer is indwelt or baptized by the Holy Spirit of God, at the moment that they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Okay? The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and verse number 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the Bible tells us in the New Testament here, whenever someone comes to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they are immediately indwelt; they are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Right? So every believer is automatically indwelt by the Spirit of God. But the thing we have to understand, and, and I know we've talked about this before, is that just because a believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit does not mean a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, you can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit and not filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse number 13, Paul tells us, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Again, so there is the indwelling in us, right? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, and he is our seal that we belong to Christ, right? He is that, he is that seal. He is the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. A Holy Spirit of God in every believer and just as God desires every believer to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God right and at the moment of salvation doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what language you speak doesn't matter if you speak Chinese or Spanish or Russian or English whatever the very moment that a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior they are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God okay immediately but yet then we find, Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, he says to be filled with the Spirit, right? To be filled with the Spirit of God. And again, this is, this is different than just the indwelling of the Spirit. The, the filling of the Spirit is not just for certain people. Sometimes we get the idea that that the filling of the Holy Spirit is for pastors, or the filling of the Holy Spirit is for missionaries, or the filling of the Holy Spirit is for those that are preaching the gospel. No, 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 no. The filling of the Holy Spirit is for every believer, right? But not every believer is filled with the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is based upon our salvation, right? Right? If a person is saved, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is also based upon a condition, right? What is the condition that the filling of the Holy Spirit is based upon? Anybody know? Okay, submission, right? It's based upon obedience. You see, if I am not going to be obedient to the Spirit of God, if I'm not going to be obedient to God, His Spirit cannot fill me, right? Now, He is indwelling me, but if I'm not yielded to Him and if I'm not obedient to Him, His Spirit cannot fill me. His Spirit is living inside of me. His Spirit is indwelling me, right? Again, God wants every Christian to be filled, but that doesn't mean that everyone is automatically filled. The indwelling takes place one time you only have to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit one time the Holy Spirit only comes to live inside of us one time you don't get the Holy Spirit then you lose the Holy Spirit then you get the Holy Spirit then you lose the Holy Spirit no it's not like that okay once you receive the Holy Spirit of God he is the seal he is that permanent seal until the day of redemption the Bible says but the filling of the Holy Spirit is not something that happens automatically It's not something that happens just because I'm saved. No, no, no. The filling of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing process, and it takes obedience. It takes obedience. In order for a believer to be filled with the Spirit, we must be in obedience to the Word of God. Now, why were these believers here in Jerusalem, why were they able to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? because they obeyed they obeyed what had jesus just told them back in chapter one if you go back to chapter one what does he say he says to wait in jerusalem right he tells them wait i want you to tarry in jerusalem wait for the promise of the father verse number four and being assembled together with commanded them that they should not depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which saith he ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so that he's told him, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait until you receive the Holy Spirit of God. Now, again, we know that it wasn't just the very next day that this happened. Right? They were there for, for a few days before they received the Holy Spirit. Well, what would have happened after a couple of days, like, hey, you know what? Nothing's happened yet. It's just, let's just leave guess what? They would never have received the filling of the Holy Spirit, right? These believers were obedient to what God God said. They tarried, they waited, right? It says there, they they were waiting for what God had told them to do. They were obedient to the Lord, exactly like he said. Look, as a Christian, we cannot expect to be filled with the Spirit if we are not going to be obedient to the Lord. We cannot expect a church to be empowered if we're not going to be obedient to God. If we're not going to follow what God says in his word, we cannot expect God to fill us and to use us, okay? And this is why so many times we just, we just expect, well, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, so God just automatically, he's going to use me, automatically he's going to do whatever he wants to with me. No, He he's waiting for us to be obedient to him. He's waiting for us to do what he says. Okay? And if we're not willing to be obedient, he's not going to fill us. Why would the Holy Spirit of God fill us if we're being disobedient to what God has told us to do? And this is why, there, there, again, there are many churches that are not empowered by God because we're, we're, they're not being obedient. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't believe the Bible. They may believe the Bible, but are we being obedient to the Word of God? In our personal life, if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and again, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. That's not what I'm talking about. We'll get to this in a moment. But if we truly want to be filled with the Spirit of God and we want to be empowered by God, we have to be obedient in our personal life to what God says. And I'm afraid for many Christians, we're just not concerned about being obedient. We're not concerned about following what God says. We're just, we're glad we're saved. We're glad we're going to heaven. And that's all that really concerns us. That's, that's not it. I, I want to empower you. I want you to be filled with the spirit of God so that you can be used by me. And that takes obedience. Notice, not only is the filling of the Holy Spirit for every believer, not only does the filling of the Holy Spirit take obedience, but also we find it takes unity. Again, notice what we find there in verse number one. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, right? Somebody said it. There was unity here. There was unity among these believers, right? Uh, we find that they were obedient and they were in unity. Can a believer, now think with me about this, can a believer be filled with the Spirit and be bitter against someone else? No. We cannot be filled with the spirit and have bitterness in our heart towards someone else. Can a believer be filled with the spirit and be a gossip? No, you cannot. Can a believer be filled with the Spirit and be unforgiving to other believers? No, he cannot. Again, the obvious answer to these is no. And yet, how many times do we allow these very things, unforgiveness, bitterness, right? I mean, we, we have a bitterness against something. We, we gossip. We talk about other people. We, uh, we have an unforgiving spirit, right? And then we think somehow we're spiritual. Look, that just shows how unspiritual we are. If, if we're not willing to forgive someone else for what they have said to us or done to us, if we're not willing to be in unity, and again, you cannot be in unity and be unforgiving towards someone. You cannot be in unity when you're gossiping and tearing someone down behind their back. You cannot be in unity when, when, you're, um, when you're just bitter. There's no unity there. And the reason why there's no unity is because there's no filling of the Holy Spirit. Because those things cannot be in our life if we expect to be filled with the Spirit of God. Again, if we truly desire to be filled with the Spirit, there must be unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And this is why, again, I believe this is, this is probably one of the root causes to so many churches being divided and destroyed is there is, a, there is no unity in the church, there is divisiveness. There is one person talking about another person. There is unforgiveness toward another person. And there's bitterness for what another person did, you know, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it might be, or two days ago, right? There's unforgiveness. There's bitterness. There's, there is a, uh, it's, it's all about me, right? Look, you're not filled with the Spirit. You cannot be filled with the Spirit if those things are in your life these believers were in unity they were in one accord right there was a unity here with these believers it it wasn't fighting about who's going to be first or whatever no no there was no fighting among them there was no divisiveness there was a unity here right and if we want to truly be a church that is empowered by God it must be a church that is united and that's why you know we talk you know again I'm very thankful for the unity that we have in this church but um, it just takes just something very little to destroy a church something very little um, one person gets their he- their feelings hurt and then what do they do they start going around and talking to everybody else about how they got their feelings hurt and then they get everybody on their side right feeling make me you i'm know, trying to make that person feel bad and then what that what does that person do they start going around telling everybody what that person did and now what do you got you got two you got two factions going on in the church well, that's real unity, there, isn't it? And what is the, what is the, what is the root cause of, of all of that? Pride. Pride, it's about me. Wait a minute. Can I tell you something? You cannot be prideful and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is not possible. And here's the thing. Many Christians think they're very spiritual. Many Christians think that they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they don't even know what the filling of the Holy Spirit would look like if it smacked them in the head. Because they're so full of pride. They're so full of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and all these different things. And yet, somehow they think they're spiritual? Friend, that is the opposite of spirituality. That is the opposite of the filling of the Holy Spirit. So we find that they're in unity. Then we also find here, notice that the filling of the Holy Spirit not only does it uh, is it for every believer not every believer is filled with the Spirit again that's that depends on the person every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit but each believer is going to be filled by how much they want to be filled You understand that you are filled with the Holy Spirit as much as you want to be filled you say well I really want to be filled and get rid of your bitterness well I really want to be filled then stop being unforgiving well I really want to be filled Well, then stop gossiping well I just don't think I can let those go then you don't want to be filled you don't want to be filled you see we are only filled as much as we want to be filled because as we will yield to the Holy Spirit of God and as we obey the Holy Spirit and God God will fill us he fills us right so it's for every believer it takes obedience it takes unity but notice also the filling of the Holy Spirit gives power gives power right and it gives power here to speak notice here and this is this is where it gets really really interesting here in verse number four it says uh and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance now again this is exactly what god said would happen you wait in jerusalem i'm going to send the holy spirit and what are you going to do what did he say in acts chapter one verse number eight and ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and out of the uttermost part of the earth. Right? This is exactly what God said. You wait. You, you, you obey. You get in unity. And I will send my Holy Spirit. And you're going to be able to speak. You're going to be able to speak. But here's where it gets a little bit... Um, confusing. It's not confusing biblically, it's just people have made it confusing. Notice the Holy Spirit gives us power to speak beyond our ability. It says, there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was not broad, so you have the, the, the disciples waiting they're being obedient exactly what god said god fills them with the holy spirit and allows them to speak in tongues we're going to talk about that in a minute don't don't be afraid of that that's nothing to be afraid of okay they began to speak in tongues and the bible says there were jews devout jews and again uh, this was during the, uh, the Feast of Pentecost. And so those Jews that had traveled uh, from many countries had come for this very reason, for the, uh, the Feast of Pentecost. And they were there, and the devout Jews that were in Jerusalem. So these were all men and uh, people that were very religious. They were devout. But well, what was the problem? Just because you're devout, just because you're a religious person, doesn't mean you know God. Right? And this is what the Bible says. The, the disciples, the apostles, began to speak in tongues. And those, these were dwelling at Jerusalem. And these that came from these other nations. It says now, this The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now notice, when the Spirit filled them, they began to speak with other tongues. Now again, it's very important that we understand what these tongues were. Okay. The word tongues, when we look in the Bible, the word tongues refers to languages, right? Did you notice that? It says that they began to speak in tongues, and then notice what it says at the end of verse number six, that every man heard them speak in his own, what's that next word? Language, right? The word tongues refers to languages, okay? Now, were they angelic languages? Were they heavenly languages? Were they unknown languages? Were they known languages? There are many that would say that these tongues are unknown languages or heavenly languages or uh, angelic languages that when you speak them, you don't know what you're saying and nobody else knows what you're saying and nobody can understand you. You're You're just speaking to God. Well, one... I didn't know you had to change your language to speak to God I mean I think God can understand me in English can't he do I, do I have to speak some other language for God to really understand me no God can understand me in my own language right but what was happening here right Again, many, many times that sounds nice, but it isn't what Scripture tells us here. Again, look at, look, look at these verses. Let, let the verses speak for themselves. In verse number five, the keys here are dwelling at Jerusalem, men out of every nation. So people had come from all different nations. Jews had come from many different nations, and they had come back to Jerusalem, right? Verse number six, every man heard them speak in his own language, Right. So the tongues that the disciples, the apostles are speaking are known languages that these people from other countries are saying, hey, I'm hearing them speak in my language. That's what he said. Verse number seven. Then they said, are not all these which speak Galileans? They said, wait a minute. How how is it that these that are from Galilee are able to speak our language? They didn't. They didn't come with us. They didn't. They didn't. They're not from our country. How are they able to speak these languages? That's why it was so, it was like, whoa, what is going on here? Because we know these people are Galileans, but yet they're speaking our language. Verse number eight, how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we're born? Wait, Wait a minute. We're not from Jerusalem. We're from this other country, right? And again, verse number nine through 11 lists all the places, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, Rome, right? Arabia, all these different places. Crete's. They, they weren't speaking Hebrew. When, when the apostles were speaking in tongues, they weren't speaking in Hebrew. They were speaking different languages. And these people that had come from all these different areas are hearing their language. He says in verse number 11, we do hear them speak in our tongues over and over and over and over and over. They're saying we're hearing it in our language, in our tongue, in our language, in our tongue. This was not some type of heavenly language, some angelic language, some unknown language. No, no. These were known languages. The difference was these guys didn't have to go to a language school. They didn't have to use Rosetta Stone or Babel or whatever these new programs are to be able to learn a language, you know? You know, hey, you're going to take a trip? Learn a language. We'll have you speaking in two weeks. Whatever. <laughs> you might learn how to say, where's the bathroom, you know, in two weeks, but that's about it. You're not going to be fluent, you know, in two weeks. No, it takes time, right? I mean, missionaries, they go and, and they're, they're, they spend years, two years, trying to learn a, another language to be able to go and and preach in these other countries. It's difficult, but God bless this day and that these men, these apostles, were able to speak in their, these other languages immediately. They didn't have to go to a language school. Now, again, think about this. They were Galileans, a place that was known for fishing, not education. The, the Galilee, it was not a very wealthy area. Uh, they were not known for linguistics. But yet here you see simple fishermen speaking fluently in languages of countries that they had never been to before. Now, do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, you're gonna start speaking in a different language. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when you allow the Holy Spirit of God to fill you, when you are obedient to God and you're yielded to God and you're in unity, god will give you the power to speak here's the thing beyond your ability how many times have i heard people say well i just don't think i could i just don't think i could share the gospel with somebody i just don't think i could tell somebody about jesus i'm just i'm just not a talker that doesn't matter when you allow the holy spirit of god to fill you he will give you the ability to speak beyond your ability we're not talking about another language here we're just saying that god will give you the ability to speak the words that he wants you to share that he will and and here's the thing you know what i've found many times i'm just i just don't think i could do it i just don't know that i could say the right words and and i just i'm just not a talker you know i'm like Have you ever tried to go and share the gospel with somebody? Well, no. Well, there's your problem right there. What's your problem? You're not being obedient. Why would the Holy Spirit fill you if you're not going to be obedient? Now, when you go, guess what you'll find? When you're obedient and you go, guess what you'll find? You'll find the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to speak the words. Now, I'm not saying the first time you go, everything's just going to be hunky-dory. I'm not just saying that you're going to, you know, all of a sudden, all these words are going to come up into the sky, and you're going to be like, oh, I can just read them, you know? No, no, it, it, takes, it takes a little bit. But when we are obedient, God empowers us with his spirit. That's what he said. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. You will receive power. Look, you, you, talk, to, you talk to most preachers. I say most. I don't, I'm not saying 100%. But you talk to uh, most preachers, and you know what you'll find? Most preachers had no, de- no desire to be a preacher. Most preachers will tell you the very same thing that I've told you before. I do not, I am not a public speaker. I, I, when God called me to preach, I thought he made the biggest mistake in the world because I do not like getting in front of people. I do not like speaking to people. That is just not me. I mean, look, if, if, if there's more than one person you know, if there's like three people, me and two other people, I am very content to let those other two people to talk the whole time. I don't have to say a word. That's just, that's just me. I, I'm not, I'm not a public front speaker that just has to say everything. That's not me now. And again, what I've People tell me this all the time. They say, Pastor, I just don't believe that because you get up and you, you preach Sunday and you preach Wednesday and you preach in Sunday school and you preach Sunday night and you do institute, you do all these different things. You know why? Because I'm being obedient. I'm simply being obedient to what God has told me to do and because I'm being obedient, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit gives me the ability to do it. We'll never be able to do it if we're not going to be obedient to it. Well, his, his spirit will never fill us so that we can speak beyond our ability if we're not willing to be obedient to what he's told us to do. So he gives us the ability to speak beyond our ability. I find it very interesting is, uh, because again, so many times the main emphasis of Acts chapter 2 is all about speaking in tongues. Can you name me? Can you name me one other passage in Scripture where we find any apostle speaking in tongues? Can you name me any other passage of scripture where we find the apostle speaking in tongues? It's not there. Now wait a minute. If the, if the speaking in tongues was so important here, wouldn't we find the apostles all over the New Testament speaking in tongues? Wouldn't we find them, I mean, hey, this is so important, speak in tongues, this is so important, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Now, we do find some Gentiles that speak in tongues in Acts chapter 10. We find some Jews that speak in tongues as well a little bit later on in Acts chapter 19, I believe it is. But I don't think you can find another passage of scripture where you find apostles speaking in tongues other than in Acts chapter 2. Now, I'm not saying they never did it. I'm saying you're not going to find a scripture that shows them doing it. You see, we focus on the wrong thing. It's not about the speaking in tongues. It's about the filling of the Holy Spirit. If this was such a spiritual thing, I think we would find them doing it everywhere that they went but we don't, right? So the Holy Spirit gave them power to speak beyond their ability, but notice, and here's what's really important. He gave them the power to speak of what was truly important. What was the purpose of the tongues in this passage? What was the purpose of the tongues? Brother bread? So to understand the word of God. Look what he says. We do hear, like in verse number 11, we do hear them speak in our tongue, and here it is, the wonderful works of God. So let me ask you a question. Those that were hearing the tongues, did they understand what they were hearing? They sure did. They understood exactly what they were hearing because we, they said, we are hearing about the wonderful works of God that's what they were hearing. It wasn't some heavenly language, angelic language. It was their own language. And the purpose behind the tongues was to hear the wonderful works of God. Let's see if Paul is in agreement with Luke about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21 and 22, he says, in the law, it is written with men of other tongues, languages, And other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Interesting. Paul says tongues are for a sign, and the sign is not for believers. The sign is for unbelievers. The sign is not to be able to like, wow, that person's spiritual. They must be on a whole different spiritual level than I am because they can speak in tongues. No, it's not for believers. It's not supposed to be a sign for believers. It was a sign for unbelievers. Again, who is speaking in tongues in Acts chapter 2? Believers. Who is listening and hearing the wonderful works of God? Unbelievers. The purpose was for the unbelievers. It wasn't for the believers. After they were done, they didn't go all around. How many tongues did you speak in? Oh, you only spoke in two. I I I spoke in three. Yeah. I mean, I spoke in Egyptian. I spoke in Parthian. I spoke in Arabian. You only spoke in Crete. Yeah. I guess that means I'm more spiritual than you. No. Had nothing to do with that. Had nothing to do with those who were speaking, it had to do with those who were listening. The unbelievers who were listening to the wonderful works of God. Paul says tongues are a sign for the unbelievers not believers. You don't just speak in tongues to show how spiritual you are. The purpose of tongues again is clearly seen in verse number 2 back or excuse me in Acts chapter 2 verse 11, a very clear picture of what they were saying in these tongues, the wonderful works of God. Unbelieving Jews from every nation in Jerusalem. And God used these uneducated Galileans, these uneducated they hey they were just fishermen they didn't have linguistic skills but god used these uneducated men from galilee who know, knew more about fishing than anything else to speak beyond their ability about what was truly important they spoke to the unbelieving jews about the things of god you understand the purpose of the filling of the holy spirit is not to make you feel better about yourself It's not so you can feel better about yourself. The purpose of the filling of the Holy Spirit is so that God can use you beyond your ability to speak about him. Do we understand that? We think somehow the the, the filling of the Spirit is about my spirituality. No, it's not about you. It's not about me we get in the way so many times when god says would you just get out of the way it's not about you god says i want to use you if you'll be obedient to me and you'll allow me to fill you i will give you the ability to speak above your own ability about what is truly important about jesus christ i got a great text today from one of our young men out in college and he said pastor something amazing happened today he said uh i got to help lead a man to jesus i said man praise god that's awesome that's what it's all about he said, yeah, I was, I was there, I was sharing my testimony, I was talking to him, and, and the man just, he, he was listening, but he just didn't really seem like he was getting it all, and, and then my, my friend, the, the, my partner who was there, uh, he came up, and he started sharing as well, and started sharing his testimony, and between the two of us, as we began to talk to this man, uh, he, he, I think he really began to understood, under, understand, and all of a sudden, he said, man, I, I need to be saved. Now, let me ask you something. These are teenage boys, Right? Do you think they really know everything there is to know about the Bible? Of course not. So how were some teenage boys able to take the Word of God and tell a man how to come to know Jesus as their Savior? You know why? They were obedient. You know what they were doing? They were out sharing the gospel with somebody. They were going. And because they were obedient... And they were in unity, they're working together to try to get the gospel. What does God do? He gives them beyond their ability to be able to speak and to share to this man about Jesus Christ. And because of their obedience, guess what happens? God uses them to help this man come to know him as, his, as their Savior. Was it about these two young men? No. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. But we're so afraid. Well, I just don't know if I'll say the right thing. I just don't know if, you know, I just don't know if I'll I'll know the right verse or I might mess up or something. Look, everybody messes up. Everybody messes up. You never messed up when you're baking a recipe? How many you ladies you've messed up when you were baking something? Come on, raise your hand. You ladies have messed up. All right, now keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. All right, now take your hands down. If after you messed up, you stopped cooking, Now, wait a minute. Why didn't you stop cooking? You messed up. So you should just stop, right? Now, why do we do that with God? Well, I messed up, so I'm never going to tell anybody else about Jesus. No. You messed up. Okay. What did you do the next time you cooked? You made sure you didn't mess up, right? Maybe you followed the recipe a little bit closer made sure that there wasn't the distractions or whatever it was right but you didn't stop cooking we get this idea well because I'm afraid or because I might mess up we're just going to quit we're just going to stop no 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 that's not what he wants there must be obedience right we have to be obedient there must be unity and then as the Holy Spirit fills us he gives us power to speak beyond our ability of what is truly important God wants to take you beyond your ability so you can speak to others about what is truly important. But here's the question. Will you be obedient and allow him to fill you with his spirit so you can speak about what is truly important? See, that's the question. We can say, "Hey, I know I know I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I know the Spirit's living within me." Praise God for that. But will you be obedient so that God can fill you with his spirit so you can speak beyond your ability about what is truly important? About Jesus. If you go to chapter 4, chapter 4, after they've been, Peter and John were told not to speak in the name of Jesus. In fact, they imprisoned them, right? They beat them. And they said, don't speak in his name, right? And then they go back to the believers, and they tell them what happened, okay? You can read chapter 4. We don't have time to read the whole chapter here. But it says, when they came back, it says in verse number 31, and when they had prayed, so they've come back. They've told everything that's going on, right? The signs and wonders maybe done by the name of the Lord. Uh, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Look, here's the filling of the Holy Ghost again, and what happens next? And they spake the word of God with boldness. Didn't say they spoke in tongues. It's not about the tongues. The filling of the Holy Spirit of God is to enable us to be able to speak beyond our ability about what is truly important. About Jesus Christ. What could be done? Just think about this. What could be done just in our community if Christians in our church would say, you know what, I'm not, it's not about, I'm not going to be a gossip, I'm not going to be an unforgiver, I'm not going to be bitter, because I want the Holy Spirit of God to fill me and i'm going to be obedient to god i'm going to i'm going to share the gospel and i don't know what i don't know necessarily everything that i'm going to say but i'm just going to be obedient and i'm going to i'm going to go out and i'm going to let the holy spirit of god fill me and let him give me the ability beyond my ability so that i can share about what truly is important about jesus christ what could happen in our community if our people in our church just said hey We just want to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can share with others about Jesus Christ. What a difference we could make. We could be a church that is empowered, not just because we have a building, not just because we're growing. No, no. We would be a church empowered in reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. Do you understand that? That's our purpose. But the decision is up to you and me. We can say, hey, I'm glad I'm saved. But you know what? That's all. I just, I don't want anything else. And you can keep going through life. And you're going to be miserable. Right? Because the Holy Spirit's not going to let you be happy. Why would the Holy Spirit let you be happy if you're being disobedient? You're going to be miserable. You're not going to enjoy life. Right? Or... You could submit to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I don't know everything. Look, I don't know everything there is to know about the Bible, Lord. I, I don't know uh, all the words that I'm supposed to say, and I don't know all the verses that I should know, but Lord, I just want to submit to you, and I'm going to be obedient to what you have for me. You tell me what to do, Lord, and I'll do it. You tell me to wait in Jerusalem, I'll wait in Jerusalem. You you tell me to to go to my neighbor, I'll go to my neighbor. You tell me to to talk to that person in in the grocery line with me, I'll talk to that person. Lord, I'll be obedient. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. When we are willing to be obedient to God, he says, I'll fill you. I'll give you the power that you need to go beyond your ability to be able to speak about what is truly important about Jesus Christ but we have to be willing to do that I wonder where our heads bowed and our eyes closed this evening every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking about friend can I ask you tonight does it bother you that you're not filled with the Holy Spirit? maybe you here tonight you're saying pastor I know I'm saved I know I'm saved but you know, I know I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I haven't been obedient. I haven't been in unity with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not in unity. There's bitterness, there's unforgiveness, gossip, whatever it might be, sin. I haven't been in unity. And I, I know I have not been filled with the Spirit of God. And tonight, I'm going I'm I'm to come to God and say, God, forgive me. Because I have not allowed you to fill me. Say, Lord, would you just fill me? Help me be obedient to you. Help me to have the power that I need beyond my own ability. Lord, I'm not asking for tongues. We're not talking about tongues. Lord, just give me the ability, as I'm obedient to you, to speak to others about the most important thing, about Jesus Christ. Would you be willing to do that tonight? Yeah, I can't force you. God's not going to force you to. You have to be willing to make that decision. Say, Lord, I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need to be obedient. I need to be in unity. I need you to give me the power to be able to speak beyond my ability about what is truly important. Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts tonight that we would be obedient to what you'd have for us. Lord, that we would be a church that is empowered by your spirit to be able to fulfill your purpose in our lives. Lord, just work in our hearts tonight that we truly be obedient and desire to be filled with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. With our heads bowed.